0: Northwestern Medicine, relentless in their pursuit of better health care. Learn more at nm.org slash better. Well, we're going to be partying like it's 1999 out of Tree Time. Christmas creations out in Lake Barrington two weeks from today. We'll talk more about what we have uh, planned for the occasion. But it's going to be another uh, spectacular, including an appearance by one Dr. Kevin Most uh, doing his uh, regular health segment live and in person out at tree time. Kevin, we're looking forward to seeing you out there.
1: Dean, I appreciate being invited. It's always good to see you guys. You know, we talk on the phone, you know, all year. It's really our one opportunity where we get to shake hands and say hello to everybody. And uh, I just appreciate the friendship and the, the opportunity that you guys have given us. And, uh, it'll be good. It'll be good to see the listeners as well as your team. Now,
0: yeah, likewise. Is, uh, we uh, we uh, appreciate Elton Jim coming. Elton, Elton Jim is coming, but as he oh, would say, check
1: my schedule again. Then. As he
0: would, <laughs> <laughs> as he would say, come anyway. He's, he'll be, he's, he's always entertaining. I I have to oh, s- say that there's never a shortage of uh, things to make fun of when Elton Jim is around. But yeah, uh, we'll, we'll we'll talk more about what we have. We have live entertainment. We've got all kinds of things. Uh, that we're going to be doing but we're definitely looking forward to uh, seeing you out there and answering questions about uh that which is uh, going on we're talking about halloween and halloween candy uh right now uh you know is it it's okay in moderation right for the kids to have a little candy for halloween
1: Oh, absolutely, and I think you know there's there's a couple things there. There's a health side of it as far as you know control of how much you're going to give somebody and and allow them to kind of uh, make sure that if you're going to go crazy, it's one day and then after that, make sure that you slowly divvy it up because you really don't want to have these huge sugar spikes in these kids. But certainly, don't take that away from the children for the one day. It's kind of a special day for them. Make sure they're safe. Probably the most important thing besides the candy is. What costume are they wearing? Are they visible? And you have to remember that these kids, their goal is to fill that bag as quickly as they can. So you want to make sure that they're safe while doing that because it is part of the ritual being a kid. So the candy side of it is one side, but certainly making sure that they are dressed appropriately, very visual and Understand that running between houses can be harmful if you're not careful.
0: Yeah, I mean not not only that they are visible, you know, like with reflective colors and uh, things like that, but that they have visibility as well. You know, sometimes masks can cut off peripheral vision, uh, can you know cut off a, a, a field of vision that the kids may have, and if the kids today are like they were, uh, you know, when we were kids. You know, we were on the rampage the second we got out of school, we were running around like like we had never eaten food before, uh, you know, trying to get as much uh, stash as we uh, possibly could. So, uh, you know, just make sure all of that. Is, it's, it's a different day, isn't it? It's a different world that we're living in now with trick or treating from from back when we were kids.
1: It really is. And, you know, safety is one thing. Certainly the experience for children is important, but safety is one thing. If you remember the plastic masks that we used to have, sure. where the, the the eyes were like just slits. Yep. I mean, it's amazing that we're all still around being able to talk about those masks, but right. uh, cer- certainly making sure your child is safe. And then, like we said, Using the candy in moderation, controlling how much they have each day for a period of time is very important.
0: Yep, yep. Uh, And that goes for all of us grown-up kids also that have the leftover candy uh, afterwards Uh, to go go with moderation with with that as well. Uh, The other thing topically that I wanted to uh, talk about right now, we're getting toward the end of Breast Cancer Awareness Month. We're going to talk a little bit more about... uh, uh, foods for fighting cancer, uh, a little bit later on, but that that is a major part, isn't it, of uh, fighting not only breast cancer but all kinds of cancer. Eating the proper foods, correct?
1: Absolutely, you know, eating the proper foods and then making sure you have the proper vitamins are very key. And eating the foods, you can actually get the vitamins that you need. But we also know that cancer, you know, cancer is a very generic term. But what it usually is is that a cell has decided that it is going to continue to replicate, even though it is wrong. And normally when cells replicate and hit a point that they're going to stop replicating, well, with cancer cells, that doesn't occur. So one of the things we really look at is look at the antioxidants, you know, that control and correct cell dysfunction and cell misfortune, but also when we make sure that we're eating a diet that's appropriate to have all the vitamins that we need to make sure that we continue to have normal cell metabolism, And stop those cancers from growing.
0: I'm going to be doing uh, some foods for fighting cancer recipes on television on uh, my cooking segments over the next couple of weeks. Uh, You know, uh, foods that are incredibly delicious, Uh, whether you're fighting cancer or you're not fighting cancer, these are going to be some recipes that are incredibly delicious that just so happens that they are all the kinds of foods uh, that you should be eating for something like that. And again, uh, registered dietitian Christine Palumbo is going to join us later in the show to talk specifically about which foods you should go for and which foods you should try to avoid uh, in the uh, fight against cancer. Uh, Any headlines this week in in the COVID front? Anything that seems like it's been a quiet week?
1: Dean, it's been a real quiet week, which is a little concerning for us. You know, the CDC is saying, hey, wait a second, flu numbers are very low. Our RSV numbers are pretty low, but they're expecting a big bump here shortly. And we sit there and say, why is that? And I think it's because our flu vaccine numbers are actually low. So we're expecting that we know influenza is out there, but it's surprisingly low. That being said, a lot of hospitals are still at maximum capacity, But it doesn't appear to be due to any infectious illness it's just has a lot of things going on right now that individuals are getting treated for
0: does that mean that people are getting their vaccinations maybe people are being a little more cautious now they they know a little bit more about what to do to not spread disease to other people
1: you would hope but flu vaccines are down COVID vaccines are way down so that's probably one of our biggest concerns is our covid numbers And we, you know, we do huddles every morning in the hospital. We talk about how many employees are out with COVID. And that kind of gives us a pulse of what's going on in the community. Because right now, the only way we're testing for COVID in the community is through wastewater. So we really don't have a good grasp on the number of cases. We just know that it's out there and it's increasing. So... Certainly getting influenza shot at this time. And I'll tell you, if you're immunocompromised and you haven't had COVID in a while, please get the COVID shot because those who have had it, my brother just had it for the last 10 days. and I can tell you, talking to him on the phone, you just heard in his voice how uncomfortable and how mm-hmm. it was not, you know, not a fun time.
0: Yeah, you know, even though it's still not it, it's not the danger that it was when it first came around, it's still no walk in the park uh, to get it. I guess. Uh, Absolutely. All right. Well, uh, let me take a break and we'll come back. I want to talk about a couple of things. Uh, lots of people have their kids uh, either in high school sports, college sports, or even as we look at the professional world of uh, football, uh, the you know concussions are. Uh, something that people are still dealing with. I want to learn a little bit more about that. And I wanted to talk about uh, these weight loss uh, injections that people are taking and whether or not that's a real deal or not. Uh, we'll also get to your questions for Dr. Kevin Most. Don't feel like with Dr. Kevin Most, so leave a message at the Chief Medical that Officer, that's Northwestern that's Central, that's Central that's DuPage that's Hospital, that's and uh Concussions, uh, it is estimated, run $3.5 million each year in uh, the U.S. in sports and recreation. Uh, we know now that concussions can put people at a higher risk for Parkinson's and Alzheimer's and uh, CTE. I'm, I'm amazed, uh, Kev, that we're not uh, seeing a reduction in that because there's, uh, it seems like more and more there's just more... Uh, evidence that uh, people need to protect themselves more.
1: Absolutely, Dean. You know, and you, you kind of hit it on the head right there, is that we haven't seen any real vast improvement. Now, it's very difficult because, you know, especially in football players, soccer players, hockey players, the players are getting bigger, they're getting faster, they're getting stronger. So anything we can do from an equipment point of view seems to be offset by the speed of each of these games in the trauma that can happen during these games. So you're absolutely right that we're looking at saying, why are these continuing and what are we going to do about them? Because we do know look at what chronic traumatic encephalopathies, you know, for these football players that have played for years, look at what we're seeing, increase in Parkinson's, increase in Alzheimer's and individuals who have had multiple concussions. So Probably the biggest thing is you don't want to step on a concussion and what I mean by that is you have a concussion you come back too early and you have another concussion on top of it that is where we know a lot of damage is being done to the brain
0: are there uh, signs that there may have been a concussion uh, if it was not checked when an injury you know a, a drop to the ground kind of injury uh, may have occurred or just a, you a know, recurring contact are there signs that uh, uh, people should look for that say this is something you might want to get checked out?
1: Oh, absolutely. You know, and, and we still see concussions outside of the sports arenas. You know, we still see concussions even with kids, You know, whether they're skateboarding and they fall off a skateboard or whether they're, you know, uh, riding a bike and crash. So certainly we know that that happens with kids. And really you're looking for headache, confusion, lack of coordination, nausea, vomiting, sensitivity to light, fatigue, the child that hits his head after an activity and isn't acting completely normal within a very short period of time, I would have a very high index of suspicion for a concussion at that point.
0: And then what do you do? You go to get uh, a, a, a CAT scan, an MRI. What what, what follows that?
1: Yeah, it, it's really interesting. For the vast majority of patients, we're not going to do much imaging for them unless they have very severe symptoms the vast majority of them are going to sit there and look at it and go, okay, looks like you have a concussion, and now we're going to slowly start to allow you to come back to things. And really when we look at um, return to work, return to school, return to activities, there's a a five-step process that pretty much everybody is using. And the first one is just simple rest, rest and recovery. Do not do anything, shut down, just kind of let yourself relax as much as you can. And this can go on for quite a few days, and then you want to start with light activity and then you 're going to go on to a little bit more intensive activity you know so it 's very stepwise as far as how you advance because like I said you don 't want to put somebody back into the field where they could have the same incident happen unless that concussion is truly um, has truly healed
0: two one nine area code says i've received my current booster. On October the 9th, I presume they mean their COVID booster. I would like to get my flu shot today. Are there any issues with that?
1: None whatsoever. Matter of fact, on October 9th, you could have got them both. Now, some people will say, I don't want them both because the side effects may be worse. And that's totally acceptable for individuals. But there's no reason why you can't get both at the same time. The immune system is smart enough to take care of it. Um, as a matter of fact, as we're looking right now, we talked last week Moderna, Pfizer, Novavax are all looking at a vaccine that will have both influenza and COVID in the same shot to make ease and compliance much higher.
0: Uh, Here's one that says, uh, uh, ask Dr. Most if I can get my flu and COVID vaccine, even though I'm just getting over a cold.
1: Well, if you're just getting over a cold, I would give it just a couple of days. Allow yourself to get back to at least your baseline. Your immune system is fighting off a cold. Cold being, what could be any one of hundreds of different viruses. But let your immune system calm down a little bit. What I usually tell people is don't get it while you're sick. Wait till you, you've recovered from that. And in the meantime, during that time, make sure you're eating appropriately. Make sure you're getting the right vitamins so that when you do get the vaccine, it's focusing on the, the, um, the, the two viruses that we're, we're looking at to protect you against. Right. So, you theoretically could, but I'm always saying, why? I would say, wait a couple of days and get your health back.
0: Ah, the good old days of just having a plain old cold. <laughs> <laughs> I remember back when I was a youngster, you could just get a plain old cold. Uh, here is the six three zero area code. Uh, ask Doctor Most to talk about the diet pill that everyone is taking. Uh, that is a keto gummy bear. Everybody is swearing that they're losing 20 pounds a month. I think it could be detrimental to people's health. Uh, I haven't even heard about a a gummy bear in which people are losing 20 pounds a month. Have you? Well,
1: you know, there's so many different things right now that are out there. Keto gummy bears, we're all sitting here saying, okay, wait a second. Are these really hype or are these, you know... You know, there's a lot of science behind it. And actually, I think it was on Shark Tank, if I'm not mistaken, (laughs) Is where a lot of people saw it. Mm. And really what they're saying is it's a fat burner, you know. And um, I I wouldn't say that the science is out there right now. You can tell that because these are sold over the counter. They're non-prescription, at which time they can make any claim that they want. So I would say, hey, be really careful about what you're going to do and see how well, and talk to your physician about weight loss because there are other options at this point. So you want to be careful that you're not going to take some hype um, that has been you know, publicized on TV without a lot of science behind it.
0: What a lot of people are talking about, very successful weight loss, is coming from Ozempic, is coming from Mongero, uh, is it Wegovi? We- 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 I- I'm not sure how yep. to pronounce that. Yep. But,
1: yep, you got it right, Wegovi. Le- uh, uh-huh. these,
0: these are weekly injections that people take. Uh, I- explain what that does, and really are those effective? Because I've heard pluses and minuses on, on all of those.
1: Right. Well, the, the minuses are more along the lines of the side effects, we'll say. But let's just talk about the drug for a second. This drug is Um, what we call GLP agonist and what that does is it actually slows the emptying of the stomach is one of the ways it works so that it takes away your feeling that you want to eat more and then also slowly puts the nutrients in past your stomach so that's good and bad in some reasons because we have some side effects where some people have gotten what we call stomach paralysis where the stomach just stops moving and the food then has a tendency to, to essentially block up the stomach. But it's interesting, the reason that we even know this about this drug, this drug is used for diabetes. So it's a diabetes drug that really has worked well with diabetics. And while they were doing it, they noticed, well, wait a second, we have people are losing a lot of weight while controlling their diabetes. So all of the use of this is almost all off-label, where it hasn't fully been approved yet for weight loss, and yet the company has said, hey, for the next three to five years, we're not going to have enough of this drug because it is so popular and is be, being used by so many people right now for weight loss.
0: Interesting. So uh, this is another one, I would guess. Uh, you should talk to your physician to see if you're, if th- this is the best route for you.
1: 100%. And people have to understand, too, that if, if you're going to do this and you lose this weight, the, the physician is going to talk to you, too, about, okay, we can lose this weight, and you can lose this weight fairly quickly over a we would consider a fairly short period of time of months. But if we stop that medication, you go back to the way you were living, that weight's going to come right back on. Like we see with a lot of diet fads. So certainly it's going to be, take that opportunity that if the physician says, Hey, you know what? This would be a good drug for you. It's going to help you with diabetes. It's going to help your heart. You know, then this would be a good one. And at the same time, okay, now let's take this opportunity to change your lifestyle, change your activity, change how you're going to eat because Losing weight and gaining weight is not good for your heart. not good for your circulation. um, It's certainly not good for your mental health.
0: Dr. Kevin Most, Chief Medical Officer at Central DuPage Hospital. Have a great Sunday today, Kev. Thank you.
1: You got it, Dean. We'll talk soon.